0: Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And this week, as things finally start to cool down, we're going to spice it up a little bit and specifically talk to the man behind the iconic blue and white label with the green top. um, The hot sauce that has been a staple in Louisiana kitchens and restaurants forever now and whose popularity has spread around the world. Alvin Adam Bomber III is the third generation to lead Crystal Hot Sauce, which will celebrate a century in business in 2023, Um, but he has been known since birth by the nickname Pepper, which he got from his grandmother, Dottie Brennan. Um, He worked at New Orleans Tourism and Marketing and has worked at the New Orleans Convention Center and has done marketing and operations for the Commander's family, under the tutelage of his aunt, T. Martin, and his great aunt, Ella Brennan. Joined Bomber Foods, his family's company, uh, seven years ago in 2014 in quality assurance. Uh, Became COO in 2017 and president in January of 2019 when his father moved to the role of chairman. So thank you and welcome, um, Pepper.
1: I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks for having me on.
0: So this is, this is kind of fun because obviously and long before we even moved to New Orleans, we, we had crystal hot sauce on the table, so it's kind of neat to talk to you. Well, um, I, appreciate <laughs> that.
1: Yeah.
0: I wanted to talk to you first about, um, this is one of the things that kind of gets thrown out there all the time, and one of our editors wanted to ask me about it. Your grandfather, when he bought the business, it was a snowball syrup business, and the, the story is that he found the recipe for hot sauce in the drawer of the company's archives. Is that correct?
1: That is 100% true.
0: <laughs> so you guys went from snowball syrup to?
1: Yeah, completely different business model for sure. Uh, yeah. The, the guts to go to jump from a snowball to a hot sauce company it was very, very brave, I must say. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and then the, and so another thing that kind of surprised me is that your, your product is only made, it's got three ingredients, right? That's it.
1: That is it. Uh, aged cayenne peppers, vinegar, and salt.
0: And where do you get your cayenne peppers?
1: So the majority of them are all grown in Mexico, uh, and then kind of shipped over here and our vendors, uh, some vendors actually do crush and produce the mash in Mexico and then rail it over to the States some will actually truck up the peppers from Mexico and crush in El Paso and uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico area. And then they send to, us, send to us on rail.
0: So, and then you guys did preserved and canned goods um, for a we while did. during World War II. Yeah. Yeah. What happened there? How come you don't do that anymore?
1: So give you a little, I guess, history about my family. So my grandfather, as you said, went to his soon to be father-in-law Got to learn to purchase a snowball syrup making company inside the snowball, Bear, snowball syrup making company's archives. Found the uh, recipe for crystal hot sauce, flipped his business model completely and started making hot sauce. From there, uh, he just kind of started getting into all kinds of stuff with food. We started canning, uh, sweet potatoes, peaches, fruits, started making preserves, and then we landed the contract for World War II with the government. And so you would get, um, okay, I guess they're now called MREs now, but in your MRE from the World War II, you would get a tin of crystal uh, preserves. And so my dad said, even when we were still on Tulane Avenue, uh, randomly, he'd have people come into his office and just say, hey, oh my God, you saved me, uh, saved my life while we were overseas fighting the war. Just from that the biscuits and jelly that they gave us so that was always fun to say and my grandfather used to always say that the Atlantic Ocean must be sweet because they lost so much of the product being shipped from the states to overseas
0: so all of the the preserves was that was that stuff from Louisiana or were you guys shipping oh, yeah. produce okay yeah
1: so especially like our strawberry preserves uh as a matter of fact I'm pretty sure we owned a big for like farm uh and i'm drawing a blank on what we're uh
0: oh, you too
1: thank you thank you thank you very much hey. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so we actually owned like our uh a big farm there and as a matter of fact we sold that i think in the late 80s but unfortunately um we just kind of started going away the hot sauce started growing and the other condiments that we made started growing and it just was cost prohibitive to start. Kind of canning our own things, and it just unfortunately fell fell out. And so we kept with uh, the preserves for a long time, as well as the mustards, but those went away after Katrina.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so tell me what the company looks like today. Everybody knows about Crystal Hot Sauce, but you guys don't just do hot sauce.
1: No. So we make a uh, portfolio of products. Include wing sauce, steak sauce, Worcester sauce, teriyaki sauce. Uh, and then we also, uh, purchased a liquid smoke company right before Katrina called Figaro liquid smoke. So we're kind of like, uh, we specialize in meat sauces, I guess would be the, the best way to describe us.
0: So what is, what's the size of the operation? Where are you guys out of? And, and so like, after
1: the Katrina, place? we were originally on, uh, Tulane Avenue right underneath the overpass and the sign is actually still there to this yeah. day. Uh, those guys um, bought the property from us after Katrina and refurbished the sign on their dime and called their first project in New Orleans, the Preserve. It's actually, the, I believe it's the Domain Company. Uh, yeah. so a group of guys out of Tulane. I uh, just started uh, a real estate group and that was their first project. And we were like, yeah, it's free marketing for us. Absolutely. Take it. And my dad did it on a handshake deal. It was like, I don't need to sign anything. I trust you. I don't think that would go well in today's world, but it is what it is. Um, But so we had to relocate after Katrina to reserve uh, Louisiana, where I'm currently, you're hearing horns and stuff right now in the background. I apologize because we're actually at the manufacturer facility today. But so we're in a 180,000 square foot facility um, with four linear lines, about 120 feet each. And uh, an eighty thousand square foot warehouse.
0: And then, how many employees do you have?
1: Uh, well, right before Ida, we, we uh, were ranging between one hundred and fifty five and one hundred and sixty, and then we're slowly getting back up to those numbers. I think we probably are at like one forty four, one forty five, if I remember correctly from our last uh, payroll. But yeah, so oh. we're we're building back. Unfortunately, I mean, the area that we were with that we're in reserve Laplace area was just devastated by Ida. Um, and so unfortunately a lot of our workforces homes were completely destroyed. A lot of them displaced. We've gotten the majority of them back, but some have just kind of moved on and stayed where they relocated. So that's a shame, but we're, 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 we're getting there. We're getting back.
0: Did your facility take any damage?
1: Uh, it did nothing. Uh, catastrophic. Thank God. Nothing like Katrina. Um, we lost about 13 to 14 roll-up doors and had some roof damage in parts of our warehouse, uh, but all the processing equipment, all of the finished goods, all that stuff was fine. Um, just the when the power was out and the lack of uh, people to operate was kind of our main issues. If, if we would have had power and people right after Ida, we could have started up and been fine.
0: So what, um. Is that that's where you guys do all like the bottling?
1: Everything everything under the sun, except for our so um, before chewing excuse me, before Katrina, uh, we were all located under one roof, uh, corporate and manufacturing. Uh, but now our manufacturing and warehousing is in LaPlace reserve Area, and our corporate offices in Metairie. Oh okay. Yeah. So I uh, Mondays and Wednesdays are my plant days, and Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays are my office days.
0: So, I have so many questions. So Yeah, yeah I know, <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. Okay, so you took over, and you're you're young to be running this company, right? So you, because you took over in 2019, and you're, are you early 30? Right when
1: I was 30, yeah, right yeah. when I turned 30, yeah. So,
0: okay, so not only are you a young person to be running such a big company, but then you had the, you had COVID hit, um which obviously did a a huge number on our hospitality industry on food service how did that affect crystal how how much of the how much of your sales is retail versus food service
1: um our retail business was coincidentally wasn't as affected as one might think right Uh, our retail business kind of it's a retail business more regional whereas on the uh on the global hot sauce market, like we're, we're worldwide, but our, I guess our food service area is kind of, I call it the South Eastern Conference because I'm a sports fan. So <laughs> the SEC is kind of our bread and butter in, in retail. Uh, but unfortunately um, our biggest hit was in the New Orleans area where, uh, because of the restaurants and everything were, were closed down. But I mean, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, all of them were open. So we really didn't, we were about running 80% of our food service uh sales compared to other people so we were actually pretty fortunate there um 2020 though if you supplied a grocery store or if you owned a grocery store for that matter you were you were sitting pretty i mean people yeah. were, weren't going out people weren't going out the restaurants there's one you couldn't because they were closed but everybody was just one just kind of trying to figure out what the hell was going on in the world and people wanted to kind of just People would stay with their families. They didn't want to hang out with many other people because everybody was scared. So everybody just started cooking from home. And with that, people kind of, I guess, fell in love with it again. Because, I mean, it was flying off the shelf in 2020 and it's the orders are still piling in 2021. Uh, 2021, though, has brought up the issues of all of our supply chain and everything. So it's been unfortunate because if this was something that we could control if were maintenance issues or if we were just having, just kind of shooting ourselves in our own foot, uh, I could kind of deal with it a little bit better, but unfortunately these are circumstances that are out of our control. And just to see that we're, we have all these orders coming in, but we can't fill them, whether it's due to lack of packaging material, lack of glass, not enough trucks, uh, just stuff that we can't control, and just seeing the money left on the table is just very frustrating.
0: Right. That's yeah. I was. That was the next thing I was going to ask because I think pretty much everybody. That's that's been kind of the the downside. I've heard like even like a like a spirit Halloween store. You know, they're exactly. they would people are dying to you know more dying this year to buy all these costumes and just really celebrate and. And then you go there, and they don't have—they don't have anything. And so, I—it's—I would assume it's kind of the same. as that people are cooking from home, people are, you know, uh, you, wanting to use this product, and it must be very frustrating <laughs> to yeah, not I mean, be able to fill those orders.
1: Completely, completely. And to go back to your original question. I mean, kind of uh, being thrown, uh, becoming president right before COVID hits, and I mean. At 2020, I mean, we're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, this is horrible what's going on around the world. But I mean, we are thriving and doing phenomenally well. So my first year uh, was awesome. Uh, And then, as like the saying goes, 2021 said, hold my beer Uh, Mm -hmm. and just threw everything upside down. Uh, But I guess the only silver lining that you can kind of pull from it is that you're not the only one affected. This is a global issue. Uh, that's affecting everybody. I mean, you brought up yourself the Halloween stores like couldn't get product in because they're all stuck on the ships and whatnot. And you even you have there's what eighty eight thousand truck drivers that that the country needs to start delivering all this product around that's being delivered. And Long Beach is having to run twenty four seven to get that supply chain going. I mean, it's just a mess.
0: So, what you you've grown up as part of this kind of royal family in the culinary industry here, um, and you've learned from some of these, you know, iconic people and like T. Martin and Ella Brennan and 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 then your own father and grandfather. What are are there some lessons that you have taken from them that have have helped?
1: Uh, I guess the one lesson. Uh, that I've taken is pretty much that there's more than one way to go through a wall. It's an analogy that you have. You can go over it. You can go around it. You can go through it. And that's essentially what we've been, everybody's been having to deal with is just adapting and taking it, taking everything in stride. It's the only way that you can survive right now. Because if you're trying to think, oh, we need to do it this way because this is how we did it previous, previously. I mean, you ha- that, we can't do it previously because the way we did it previously because one, we don't have the material to do it that way, so we had to think of another way to do it. Right. Um, we're, for example, our uh, our neck bands that we put on, uh, like on shrink wrap onto our glass bottles. Uh, we were out of those for six months, so we just had to adapt. And I mean, you'll go to the grocery store and you'll see a bottle of crystal that we all know but you'll have a lime green neckband on it or a black neckband on it or a red neckband on it. It just, you had to deal with, with what you had and got it to the store. And it's an eyesore, but I think everybody is understanding of where we are in the times now that they weren't really, they didn't care.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't think they're not, they're not buying it for the neckband. So
1: exactly. Exactly.
0: Um. So do you see, I'm sure you're talking to other people and in the industry and stuff. Do you see, see what do you see supply chain wise do you, are you kind of holding in there till the end of the year or are you trying to like
1: i mean everything see? that i'm reading and hearing now is uh q2 of 22 it's kind of when things yeah. should be back to normal but then again i used to read that things would be normal at the end of q3 q in the beginning of q4 of 21 uh it's it's a crapshoot, unfortunately um i guess Technically, if you look at it now, we're starting to see a little bit of some supply chain issues alleviate, but I don't necessarily know if that's due to the supply chain opening up or if that's just because we're not running as full capacity as we should be coming back from Ida. So we're getting back from Ida. Um, uh, again, this is nothing like Katrina was to us. We didn't run our own product after Katrina Uh. So two and a half years after Katrina, we were up and running in two weeks after Ida. So this is a cakewalk compared to Katrina, Right. but we're still feeling the effects. I mean, like I said, our labor force was completely devastated out here. Um, so we're having to get them back and kind of just regroup and everything like that. We started out slow. We started out with two lines the first week uh, ramped up the three lines following that. And now we're running all four lines during day shift and, we're doing one line at night where we normally do two lines. So, I mean, we're, we're slowly getting there, but it's just taking time.
0: So everybody here obviously knows Crystal and everybody you know travels here and stuff, but what, what would people be surprised to know? Cause you guys have, you're you really worldwide. I was reading like Saudi Arabia, Crystal's a big deal. Like Saudi
1: Arabia you- is our biggest export customer. That's for sure.
0: Wow. Yeah, I yeah. Wonder- so
1: that's as my grandfather used to say, must fill their pools up with hot sauce over there because they sure buy a lot of it.
0: So how long has that been a thing?
1: That's been a thing since before I was born. Um, I remember when I was a kid my dad uh, and our export um, sales guy would always travel to the Middle East and they'd go to Jeddah and then they would go to Dubai and they would visit all these all of our customers over there and as a matter of fact my father was actually supposed to be in Saudi Arabia on 9/11. Oh wow. And thank God he wasn't there cuz that probably would have been a nightmare trying to get home. But, oh, yeah. uh, so but they we've been doing business with the Middle East since I believe the early like early 70s, late 60s. Wow. Yeah.
0: So where where else would people be surprised to find crystal?
1: Uh I mean you, we can go sorry <laughs> Middle East is still is always a fascinating one that I tell people they're like, "Oh wow." But I mean, we get Vietnam uh australia uh and we're i mean we're we are the definition of worldwide we are everywhere now we have pockets like saudi arabia and uh and areas that just like in the states where we're more prevalent but I mean, we are we are classic worldwide company
0: so what what's how much hot sauce do you guys make a year
1: oh god we're talking uh, like
0: millions of gallons yeah i
1: mean you, on, a, on average i'm 14 million gallons a year wow yeah
0: so have you had on the supply issue have you had issues with peppers are you getting peppers in- have
1: not been the issue we uh the rail car because we get all of our pepper mash shipped to us on rail car okay. that okay. was sort of a hiccup but that's i mean that's fluid it, it sometimes it takes two weeks to get delivered sometimes it'll take eight weeks but that's something that we can work out and we supplement that with trucks uh, when we have to. Um, so that's not main, mainly an issue. One of our, our major hiccups in the supply chain were uh, glass. I mean, but yeah. glass is affecting everything from food products all the way to uh, alcohol products. I'm a avid tequila drinker, I would say. And my favorite tequila has been out at Martin's for quite some time because they're having the same issues that I do. The line capacity for your glass vendors is just... Taken up so much. There was so much demand in 2020 from people being at home and staying at home and buying all this stuff that they just ramped up their production. And then there's only so much line time that can be allocated to everybody. If that makes sense.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is surprising. Um, so, how, so you have a, a very strong marketing background. Um, is it, how are you a different CEO? How do you manage things differently from your dad and your grandfather?
1: Uh, I would go, I can only really attest to my father because when my grandfather died when I was very young, uh, but for my dad, my dad was a nut and bolts guy. My, even to this day, my father can go out and walk by a machine and tell me that that, that bearing is about to go. This needs to be replaced. Vice versa. He was very mechanical mechanically inclined and well more than I am I'm, I'm, but he uh he focused on the machines and the products at hand whereas I felt the opportunity best opportunity for our growth was to focus on our brand and kind of went with that uh, uh, we just launched a new campaign with a local uh, advertising agency called brand society in town uh, it's how new orleans does flavor uh, yeah. that we've been kind of that I'm sure that you've seen all around town and that's just kind of the niche that we're trying to go with. We're uh, a funky New Orleans company that just kind of intertwines with the culture of the city. And that's what we're going with.
0: Okay. Um, are you, so, so tell me the other, the other thing that you guys have done um, since you've, you've um, come on is you did a virtual jazz fest.
1: Uh, we did, I wouldn't call it a j- virtual jazz fest, but so we were in talks with Tip and Tina's, uh, prior to COVID about sponsoring their Free Fridays uh, series right. during the summer. And then COVID miraculously came to, came to town and shut all those plans down. But just like the hospi- our friends in the hospitality industry, our friends in the music industry were struggling left and right because there were no gigs to perform. There were no ticket sales going on. And Tibetina's being in the institution that it is, they were kind of in dire straits, kind of figuring out how to survive. And we came up with this concept that I think everybody was hugely in favor of, because one, it got to put musicians back to work. It got the people excited to do something, whether they're just sitting at home watching Tiger King, you could you could turn on your <laughs> you could turn on the computer and watch a watch a show that even though you're not there in person, you knew that it was being recorded live and you just kind of still got that feeling. So we were very happy to help them out in that venture. And it actually took off. Um, a lot of people, they did more and more shows throughout, throughout the pandemic. And uh, it was a, it was a godsend actually.
0: Are you guys still doing that?
1: Uh, we are still, uh, we partnered with Timotinas again uh, with their free Friday special since they brought it back this year. Uh, but we're, yeah, we're still heavily, we're still heavily, very much involved with Tempatine's.
0: And that's, that seems to be like, that's very much a part of the brand of really, really focusing on New Orleans and Louisiana. And...
1: Correct. I mean, the way that we thought about it, everywhere you'd go, if you're in Bangor, Maine, somebody has a New Orleans Chambalaya or a New Orleans cowboy I mean, every, the, the New Orleans culture and food scene and music is just world renowned. So why not? Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Be synonymous with New Orleans, and we are trying to do things and move forward that just strengthen that relationship with the city.
0: And we've actually we talked to uh, Mr. Eatwell um, in a in a past podcast. But oh, you can-
1: <laughs> Matthew, yes,
0: because <laughs> you guys are doing merchandise too. So like you can have you know like a sweater with.
1: Exactly. I mean, I mean, just talk about the typical New Orleans. Uh, friend of mine was at a juvenile concert and saw Matt wearing one of the uh king cake hoodies that he was making back then. And I have been talking to my cousin about my friend who makes these king cake hoodies. And he saw him. And he was like, "Hey, my cousin knows that guy who makes it." Once in LA it turned out to be Matt. And the rest is history. Matt called me. And was like, "Hey, I met your cousin. By the way, would you want to do a, a sweatshirt?" I was like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's <laughs>
0: so go has, for it. Yeah. Has that gone well?
1: Uh that went phenomenally well. Um, we originally when we were going this it was so fluid when we started talking about it. Uh and then the pandemic hit, everybody we were starting to go, well hell, everybody's at home at sweatpants. Why not we do this, make this uh, I guess, hobo chic loungewear, if you want to call it. that. <laughs> uh, but one of the cool things that went with that, we donated all the profits to the Greater New Orleans Foundation for the hospitality industry for, from that cause. So uh, we did that and we did that. Uh, I think we reordered like three times and we raised, I think, close to 40 grand, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and that we donated to uh, the hospitality fund at GNO Inc. And uh, there are plans possibly for us, Matt and I, to kind of think up some new. Uh, New ideas, new concepts, but at the moment right now, we're, which, uh, we're I mean, it's unfortunate, I just, I can't go out and do things right now, just with the pandemic and the way the world is right now.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, so this has been super fun, but I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk, I wanted to end on um, talking about the, the industry in general. I was reading um a report it was fortune business insights that were saying the hot sauce market is going to just keep basically getting hotter haha <laughs> yeah. um, but it's uh it's 2.71 billion dollars in 2021 and it's supposed to reach 4.38 billion in the next seven years so we're talking about a really big market and you guys have got and there's obviously a lot of big players in the, that market what it's
1: crazy it's
0: crazy what is your what is your strategy what are the how do you i mean it sounds like you're kind of really doubling down on the whole on the new orleans um uh part there the louisiana part but how do you how do you grab some more of that huge global market
1: well and that's that's a good question and then if you could figure it out i'll give you a job (laughs) uh... But no, a lot of the, a lot of what's coming on to the scene now is the uh, it's, it's, I want to say it's, it's the, the small guy to the block, but you have like these small batch hot sauce companies that are starting and that are kind of like creating a new flavor trend. Like uh, you have like the Carolina Reaper and the Ghost Pepper and all these guys are coming up with that. With which is a huge, huge following of people wanting to just burn their faces off.
0: So uh, it sounds kind of like like what what happened with the beer market—that all of a sudden you. Correct, right, have- it's
1: craft, craft—it's craft hot sauce. That's a, that's a great description of how what, what's kind of resurgence of what's going on, and more power to them. I mean that that's a that's I've taken. I mean, obviously I'm uh, I'm biased to Crystal, but I mean I have some of my other, I love, I'm a hot sauce guy. I love hot sauce. I think Tapatio is one of the best out there. I think Valentina is very good. Um, but, it, but like, as you said there, you have a bunch of big players that are already there and now you just have even more of the smaller players coming in and people are going to, to taste that they had never heard before and trying it. And they're actually phenomenal. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's a weird uh Weird way to answer the question, I guess. I guess uh, it's just something that we have to adapt and 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 evolve and figure out the the direction that we want to go. I think the direction that we we have right now is solid. We've been around for about to be a hundred years, so fortunately we have a good fan following. Uh, But I mean, you always want to get more and more people, and by telling the story uh, of who we are and how we're yes, we are a hot sauce, but we're not gonna we focus more on The flavor of our hot sauce compared to the spice of our hot sauce, I think that goes into a different maybe demographic of people. Some people are scared of hot sauce because of the fact I don't want to burn my face off. Yeah. Uh, Just telling the story of that, yes, we are a hot sauce, but we're going to complement a dish compared to just make your dish taste hot and spicy. We're going to enhance the flavors of what you're trying to create in the kitchen and not distort them.
0: So you are not there to burn people's face off.
1: Correct. Correct. <laughs> We're all about the flavor. Step out the heat into the flavor.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. I wanted to end. So, what is your favorite way to use crystal? You must have like I know your family is obviously super culinary and stuff. But what what would what do you put it on that maybe people wouldn't expect? Or or what's your favorite kind of recipe for it?
1: Uh, my wife Katie always kind of cringes when we go to dinner with my dad because he throws it on salads. I, I'm not that bad, uh, but I guess one of my favorite things I'll uh, I do it in barbecue a lot where I'll uh, obviously uh, I'll smoke wings and then I'll have a buffalo. I'll make my own. We'll use uh, just got hot wings. I'll smoke them there, but I also use it. I marinate my uh, my pork butts in it. Um, I do fried chicken with it and the, and the buttermilk and the brine. Uh, what else do I do? I mean, you, you, you name it. I've done it. it, <laughs> <I guarantee> it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's super cool. So I, I wanted to, to thank you for coming on, letting us know what's going on with you guys. Um, obviously keep us posted. You've got your hundred year coming up in 2023. I'm assuming is there is starting to be some thoughts about how you're going to celebrate. That's a big milestone.
1: Correct. Correct. We're looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Well, th- thank you so much for joining us and yeah. And keep us posted. Let us know what's going on with you guys and um, we'll keep getting the word out.
1: I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow us on social media, at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.